Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to takesbyfans.com slash watch. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So, However you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today's a big old Friday, folks. The last Friday before a Sunday of the regular season, folks. So we've got to make our last official regular season picks of the 2021-2022 NFL season. So We've got our picks today on the show doing um, a a little tweak in our official picks. We've got our locks and our 99% guarantees, but then we also have this little bonus category of picks where we've got two teams. I'm loving this little two-team parlay, folks. I don't want to spoil too much out of it, but it's a little bonus category this week that I think we may be able to cash in on. So we've got that today. Uh, pack show, truly. We've got our NBA Daily 10, though. We're going to bump up to an NBA Daily 15 because we want to get into some all-star voting talk. And there was only four games on last night, so we can kind of get everything in uh, in a nice, concise 15 minutes and maybe even talk about betting. We, well, may, not even maybe. we got to talk about betting in the NBA tonight because, once again, no NFL on tonight. So we got to wait till tomorrow for the NFL, but one more final day uh, of NBA and no NFL. And then we will walk through week 18 picking the winners and seeing what our final playoff picture, according to us, is going to look like. And then on tomorrow's show, uh, before kind of, you know, week 18 truly kicks off with the two Saturday games, we will walk through the playoff picture and crown our Super Bowl winner to see if it's changed from last week to this week based on the matchups and all that. And we got to get to one more film study I want to watch today which is Colts and uh, not Andrew Luck, geez. I wish they had Andrew Luck over Carson Wentz, absolutely. If if Andrew Luck was on this Colts team right now, this Colts team would be undefeated and they'd be in the Super Bowl already. They would already say, all right, everybody else in the AFC can go home. We're giving it to the Colts and how impressive they've been all season long. Unfortunately, they've got Carson Wentz and they are playing for the playoffs, so... Um, but we will watch Carson Wentz. I really want to watch every single throw by the man. They got 27 attempts. I want to watch Carson Wentz. How much buyability do we have in Carson Wentz heading into the playoffs? Now, they do face the Jaguars this week, 15-point spread. I think we're going to stay away from that game altogether just because it's the Jags. And, you know, we don't like Carson Wentz, but we hate the Jags. So, geez. Um, so, we've got all that today on the show. So let's kick it off here. Let's get 15 minutes here on the clock for our NBA Daily 15 because we got to talk all-star voting. And the votes count double today. So that's kind of why we're doing it on today's show. But here we go. 15 minutes on the clock. The next 15 minutes uninterrupted basketball talk of what just happened yesterday in the NBA with some NBA all-star voting. So here we go. 15 minutes on the clock and the 15 minutes are right now. Alrighty, just four games on in the NBA last night. Uh, We had one bet going, not a spread, but we had a little bit of a prop bet. Chris Paul over nine and a half assists. Did he get to that 10? 
We'll talk about it when we get to that game. But here we go. First game up here. Celtics at the Knicks. And man, oh man. Celtics were winning the entire game. And then the fourth quarter came and the Knicks came back. Well, really the second half came and the Knicks were coming back. And the Knicks play spoiler, I guess. They come back and win. 105-108. Crazy. Tons of things to talk about here in this game. But let's talk about the ending of the game first. Here we go. Uh, Celtics down two points. Jason Tatum hits a nice mid-range jumper to tie it at 105 apiece. Clutch Jason Tatum. Bango, bango. Gave a little bit of a look to the crowd because he's in Madison Square Garden. Like, yeah, I do this. He was feeling himself. But then R.J. Barrett came along and said, hey, 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 hey. This is my house. And with 1.5 seconds left off the inbound pass, R.J. Barrett tied at 105, a 3 over Jason Tatum, who just hit the game-tying shot, who just gave a little bit of a snarl to the Madison Square Garden courtside crowd in R.J. Barrett with the game winner. Game winner, R.J. Barrett. And man, oh man, Jason Tatum, he went from the top of the top. He, he hit the game-tying shot. He was feeling good about himself. He was going to go into overtime and, you know, do his thing in overtime to get the win. But he went from... <clears throat> The hero of the game to another loss for the Celtics team. And <laughs> Jason Tatum, he's uh, almost given up all of hope just on that one shot by R.J. Barrett last night. Because after the game, Jason Tatum says, quote, In the grand scheme of things, I look back to those years when we were going to the conference finals. And it makes you really appreciate those moments because it's hard. It's not easy. Early on in my rookie year, I thought it was normal. Jason Tatum has had so much success young early with this Celtics team but we know this year this Celtics team is just so bad folks and another loss and now Jason Tatum is all in his feelings and uh, we'll We'll see how he can recover from this and how the Celtics as a team can recover from this Jeez Louise so now let's get into the stats here uh, let's start here with the Knicks and uh, Evan Fournier. He only shows up when he's facing his former team, the Celtics. Man, oh man, Evan Fournier had a fantastic night. 41 points, career high last night. A plus 18 on the floor, the highest of the squad. Evan Fournier was a plus 18. RJ Barrett, who hit the game-winning shot, he was only a plus one, folks. So this tells you how much of an impact Evan Fournier had all throughout this game. Really, the reason why they won last night, but RJ Barrett hit the game-winning shot, so we still give him credit. But Evan Fournier, 41 points, 8 rebounds. Man, oh man, 10 of 14 from 3. 71% on 14 shots from the 3, folks. I mean, why does it take against the Celtics for Evan Fournier to go beast mode? And then we every other time he faces any opponent, garbage team, great team, he flounders big time. Man, oh man, why we still really can't buy into this Knicks team. Then we had Julius Randle, 22 points, 8 rebounds, and R.J. Barrett, 13 points, hit the game-winning three. Bingo, bango, they get the win. Also, let's shout out Emmanuel quickly off the bench, 16 big old points coming off the bench. And then for the Celtics, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum in the starting lineup, folks, and another loss. Classic Celtics. They've got to do something at the trade deadline, and we'll see. Maybe Jason Tatum maybe forces a trade. I don't see him doing that, but I would give him clearance to do that. <clears throat> Absolutely. I mean, this Celtics team, they've got no plan moving forward. They got the new head coach from this season, um, Ime Aduka. Um, 
so uh, there's no plan here. And Jason Tatum's a fantastic superstar. He could be the number one on a team. He could be the number two. And he could be the number three superstar on a team uh, to kind of build around. But this Celtics team, they've got nothing. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they don't play cohesive together. They don't translate the wins when it's really them two alone having to get it done on a nightly basis. So this Celtics team must do something quick if they want to salvage the season or if they're just going to kind of uh, stick with what they've got here. Uh, Jason Tatum, 36 points, 9 assists, 6 rebounds. A nice night by him. Hit the game-tying shot. Just unfortunate. Got beat. Uh, Jalen Brown, 16 points, 7 rebounds. Marcus Smart at the 1, 14 points, 5 assists. And then Robert Williams, who's had some solid games this season, some not-so-solid games like last night. He had 6 points and 9 rebounds, which is okay, but a minus 12 on the floor getting beat all night last night. And then we have Dennis Schroeder coming off the bench. A nice performance by him. 20 points, 3 assists, and 5 rebounds. Just unfortunate. <clears throat> R.J. Barrett called game. So the Knicks get the win, 108-105. All right, then we get the Pistons at the Grizzlies, and the Grizzlies blow them out, 118-88. to John Moran still doing his thing, 22 points, two blocks, three steals, five assists, three rebounds. <clears throat> Getting it done in every facet of the game. We have Dylan Brooks, 18 points, five assists. Steven Adams, two points. Hey, that's what we know about him, and 14 big old boards. And then Jaron Jackson Jr., 11 points and six rebounds. Solid contribution off the bench here by Brandon Clark, 11 points. And Tyus Jones, 14 points, four assists, and four rebounds. So once again, the depth here of the Grizzlies is great, and John Morant still getting it done at the guard position. 22 points, six assists, and nine rebounds. And then for the Pistons, once again, no Jeremy Grant. Sadiq Bey, their best player out there, and he only put up three points last night on nine shots. Womp, womp. Hamadio Diallo, 12 points on 12 shots. Not terrible. He uh, was the second leading scorer of the squad with 12 points, if you can believe that. Cade Cunningham, 12.6 assists. And then Saban Lee getting it done off the bench, 14 points. But uh, it's not going to get it done like we know. So Grizzlies still hot, hot, hot. Yes, sir. They get the win, 118-88. to 88. All right, then we get the Warriors at the Pelicans, and the Pelicans get the win, 101-96. And what is going on with this Warriors team? Back-to-back -back losses? Not great. Steph Curry not playing last night, and they just couldn't pull through. So let's start here with the Pelicans since they got the win. Valanchunas, only eight points last night, and they got the win. How crazy is that? Usually Valanchunas is, you know, their top or second leading scorer consistently in all their games, but only took six shots. And once again, comparing this to what the Grizzlies are doing, you know, Valanchunas, Tunis was good for this Grizzlies team last season, but you know they and they he did translate the wins. He did, but they did not look as good. I think they look better this year than what they did last season. And Valanciunas a little bit ball dominant, offensive dominant. Uh, big and Valanchunas was once again offensive ball dominant big here for this Pelicans team and he really had to be this season because you know uh, Brandon Ingram in and out of the starting lineup Zion not in the lineup at all this season so you know he really had to kind of take over this team but last night only eight points on six shots 10 rebounds getting the ball out of his hand not making him the kind of leading score for the squad on a night in night out basis and it results in a win here so We'll try to keep an eye on Valanchunas to see how his offensive production results into losses and wins for the remainder of the season. But maybe the Pelicans have cracked the code, maybe. Brandon Ingram had a nice night, 32 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists. Herbert Jones, 13 points. And then Josh Hart, a nice 14 points to round out the starters.
And then for the Warriors, like we said, no Steph Curry last night. So we have Gary Payton at the one, Jordan Poole at the two to fill in for them, for him. Uh, Gary Payton, four points. Yikes. Jordan Poole, 11 points on two of nine from the three and 21% on 14 shots. Yikes. Jordan Poole couldn't step it up. But Andrew Wiggins got it done. 21 points. Led the team in scoring. Uh, needed him to do more than what he did last night. But once again, we can always rely on Andrew Wiggins to get it done without Steph Curry. We just need, you know, other players as well. And then Kevon Looney still at, uh, playing the five here, six points and nine rebounds. But the Warriors come up a little short here, 101 to 96. All right, then we get the Clippers at the Suns. Last game of the night here, and this is where our bet was. Chris Paul over nine and a half assists. How many assists did Chris Paul get us last night? Ten, yes, that's a win for us over nine and a half. Bingo, bango, and you want to see this last assist right here, folks. You want to see the final bet clinching assist. Here it is. Suns up 94 to 85. Three minutes left in the fourth quarter. Chris Paul dribbles past midcourt, and their big Smith cuts to the bucket. And one, Chris Paul with the assist, bingo, bango, and that is number 10 on the night for the man. So, Chris Paul, 14 points, 10 assists, 13 rebounds, getting it done. Um... Absolutely fantastic. We had Devin Booker. Not a great night. 11 points on 22% shooting on 22 shots. 0 of 7 from the 3. Trash, but he did have 10 rebounds. Then we get Jalen Smith, and this is kind of why we didn't want to swallow all those points with the Suns last night and wanted to do Chris Paul's prop bet instead, was because Phoenix had no bigs going last night, so they have Jalen Smith filling in at the 5, and he got it done. He was the one with assist number 10 for Chris Paul to hit our bet, so Jalen Jalen Smith, depth here for the Suns. Big old depth here. Jalen Smith in 32 starting minutes. 19 points. He was the second leading scorer for the squad last night. And 14 rebounds. Yes, yes. Man, oh man. Truly have to watch out for the Suns team. They're better than what they were last season. And they got to the finals last year, folks. Then we have Cameron Johnson, who led the team in scoring 24 big old points and 7 rebounds. And then for the Clippers, once again, still no Paul George. Terrence Mann filling in for Paul George at the 3. 8 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds. We have Marcus Morris leading the team in scoring again. 26 points, 8 rebounds. Reggie Jackson at the 1, 16 points, 3 assists. Just unfortunate they don't have that kind of superstar closer in Paul George to play. And they've just been floundering uh, without him this entire year. Unfortunate. But the Suns get to win 106-2. 89. Alrighty, those were all the games last night, and we still got four minutes on our clock. So let's uh, spend the next four minutes here giving votes out to the All Stars in the NBA. We've got the uh, yeah. Let's pick the starters here. So let's get into it. Here we go. Let's start with the East and the guards. The guard play in the East. Now you know we're not choosing anybody from the Knicks because they've got the worst guards in the league. But here we go. Who do we got here? DeMar DeRozan. Yes, that's got to be the guard. Uh, a starting guard in the NBA All-Star game. DeMar DeRozan has been on an absolute tear for the Bulls and is probably the best of their kind of big three slash four that they have. Love it. Zach Levine could also get the vote as well. But let's see if we can find somebody else. Jalen Brown. No, he's missed too many games and he's not resulting in any wins. Bradley Beal's playing pretty solid out here. Trey Young's playing really good. James 
James Harden, Kyrie Irving. Can't vote for Kyrie Irving. The man's played one game. Uh, Fred Van Vliet could definitely see us voting for him. The man's been getting it done for this Raptors team. Absolutely. Tyler Hero, Cole Anthony, Darius Garland, LaMelo Ball. Man, oh man, LaMelo Ball's been playing very well. But this Hornets team hasn't really, you know, stepped up their level of play to the upper teams. So I don't know if I can vote for LaMelo Ball overall. Uh, Tyrese Maxey. That's going to be the second guard we vote on. Tyrese Maxey has been so gosh dang consistent and great. And, you know, he's kind of filling in for Ben Simmons a little bit at the one and all that. So I'm voting for Tyrese Maxey. And DeMar DeRozan as our two starting guards. Zach Levine would definitely be number three. All right, now let's go to the front court of the Eastern Conference. We're talking forwards and bigs. We've got Durant, Giannis, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Pascal Siakam, Jeremy Grant, Julius Randle. Well, Jeremy Grant's missed too many games. Kevin Durant's been playing fantastic all season long. We're going to give him a vote. Got to vote for Giannis. He's getting it done. And got to vote for Joel Embiid. I mean, their result, their play uh, by themselves are resulting into wins. Uh, what are these other backcourts that we can really vote on. John Collins, Jared Allen's been playing solid this season. Kelly Oubre Jr.'s been playing solid. Vucevic's been playing solid, but we're giving it to Durant, Giannis, and Embiid. So our starting five for our all-star votes in the Eastern Conference, we got DeMar DeRozan, Tyrese Maxey, Joel Embiid, Giannis, and Kevin Durant. Now let's shift gears to the Western Conference in the uh, backcourt with the guards. Who do we got? We got Steph Curry, Donovan Mitchell, Luka Doncic, John Morant, gotta vote for John Morant, beating the best teams, consistent, getting it done, losing Valanchunas this offseason, and still playing great basketball, fourth in the Western Conference, gotta give it to John Morant, not voting for Damian Lillard, Devin Booker's been playing solid, nothing I think special, Shea Gills-Alexander, once again, nothing truly special, Anthony Edwards, yeah, yeah, Anthony Edwards has been playing great for this Timberwolves team, uh, De'Aaron Fox, no. Siege McCollum, no. Russell Westbrook, big time, no. Unfortunate. Dylan Brooks, Norman Powell, DeAndre Russell, DeJounte Murray, Jordan Poole. So it's either coming down to Steph Curry or Anthony Edwards. But the way that Steph Curry's been kind of playing ever since he broke that three-point record, uh, I'm going to give it to Anthony Edwards, man. This man is an absolute tear. Consistent play out there for this Timberwolves team, and uh, a huge reason why they are, uh, you know, on track to be solid this year. So we're giving it to John Morant and Anthony Edwards, and then the front court in the Western Conference. Got to give it to LeBron James a vote there. This man's been in on an absolute tear as well this season in his old age. No Anthony Davis, and really no Russell Westbrook because he's been playing not the best here this season. But with Anthony Edwards or Anthony Davis out, James. LeBron James has no problem playing the five and all that, and he's been on, a, on an absolute tear, averaging 28 points, six assists, seven rebounds a game. Fantastic. That is our 15 minutes, so let's wrap it up here in the backcourt. Uh, what else do we got? We got Joe Kick, Paul George, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Davis, Brandon Ingram, Porzingis, Andrew Wiggins, Valanchunas. I'm going to give a vote to Valanchunas, man. Um, a little bit uh, sympathy here because he had to kind of get Exiled to the Pelicans, but he's been so gosh dang good for this Pelicans team. Kind of leading score, 18 points, 2 assists, 11 rebounds a game. We're going to give the nod to Valanchunas. And then one more guard here, or one more big out here. And I think we're going to have to give it 
to Jokic. Do we give it to Jokic? Can't give it to Paul George. He's missed too many games. Carl Anthony Towns missed a couple of games out here. So we're going to give it to Jokic. Once again, unfortunate for Jokic on the Nuggets. He's out there by his lonesome trying to do everything in his power to single-handedly carry this team to competitive games, wins, and all that. So, uh, Jokic's been getting it done. So, we're rocking with LeBron James, Valanchunas, and Jokic as our front court. So, our starting five for the Western Conference All-Stars are John Morant, Anthony Edwards, Jokic, Valanchunas, and LeBron James. So, those are our 10 All-Stars in the NBA. Alrighty, now let's quickly, quickly go through the spreads in the NBA tonight to see if we can find any great value. We hit our bet last night, but it was a prop bet, and we've got no problem betting prop bets. But uh, let's see if we can find any great value on the spread line tonight. Tons of games on in the NBA, so let's go through these quickly and see if there's any great value. First one up, Spurs at the 76ers, and hey, we just gave out some all-star votes to this 76ers team. We know this 76ers team can beat the worst teams, the bad teams in the league, and blow them out now. They're back, folks. So uh, 76ers minus 7.5 here. Let's make sure everybody's good to go. Uh, we get to shake Milton out. Danny Green, a game-time decision. Tyree Maxi out. Oh man, Tyrese Maxi being out. I'm sure Seth Curry can get it done, but with Tyrese Maxi being out, I don't want to swallow seven and a half. Damn, damn, damn. Thought it was great value. It's still good value, not great value. We'll stay away from this one. All right, then we get the Bucks at the Nets. Bucks plus four and a half. What is going on? Why did why why is everybody giving uh, opponent opposing teams points here against the Nets? The Nets, yes, they have Kevin Durant and James Harden, but other than that, this is not a good team overall. Damn. So let's. Uh, I mean, if everybody's good to go here for this Bucks team, plus four and a half is fantastic value, and we will take that all day. Uh, for the Bucks, Brooke Lopez is still out. Drew Holiday is out. Damn, damn, damn. Giannis is a game time decision, and Grayson Allen is. Still out so not having Brooke Lopez we've got no problem with that but having no Drew Holiday and Pat Connaughton so where's their guards play gonna come from Ugh, gotta stay away from betting the Bucks once again so close to great value gotta stay away from this one then we get the Jazz at the Raptors Jazz plus 11 and a half Raptors minus 11 and a half uh, seems like everybody's out here for the Jazz if they're getting 11 and a half points that doesn't make any sense uh, Rudy Gay game time decision Mike Connolly out Tassan Whiteside game time decision Jordan Clarkson game Game time decision. Bohan Bogdanovich out. Rudy Gobert out. Joe Ingles out. Donovan Mitchell out. So, alrighty, all their depth there in starters are out for the Jazz. So we'll stay away from that. We like the Raptors, but not to swallow 11 and a half. No, thank you. All right, then we get the Mavericks at the Rockets. Mavericks minus two and a half. Rockets plus two and a half here. Interesting game. Uh, Rockets coming off of a nice win. Mavericks with what? A nice two game winning streak? They had a nice two-game winning streak here or more. What do we got? Mavericks, a four-game winning streak. Oh, stunting. Uh, so for the Mavericks, Isaiah Thomas, game-time decision. Porzingis is still out, and Luka Doncic is a game-time decision. Then for the Rockets, everybody's good to go there. So we're going to stay away from this game, see if this Mavericks team is true contenders, um, and see if this Rockets team, maybe are they going to start to catch fire again and maybe rattle off another seven-game winning streak? We'll stay away from this one. I don't really know how to play that value there. 
All right, then we get the Wizards at the Bulls. Wizards plus six and a half. Bulls minus six and a half. Can't bet on the Wizards here. You know, losing to the Rockets last time we bet them. Not a great sign here. And then for the Bulls, everybody's good to go besides Alex Caruso and Javante Green. They are both still out. So we love this Bulls team. Now Lonzo Ball back. You know, not the first great outing. His first game back here. So we're going to stay away from betting the Bulls here just to see how Lonzo Ball plays. And then we'll move forward uh, with our evaluation on the Bulls. Now that Kobe White's now not in the starting lineup anymore that we loved. All right, then we get the Timberwolves at the Thunder. Timberwolves minus six, Thunder plus six. Here we go. <clears throat> This is a back-to-back -back series game, so we are staying away from this. We don't bet back-to-back -back games, and we don't bet back-to-back -back series. Uh, Thunder and the Timberwolves just played each other, both their last game, and the Thunder won by eight. We bet on that, eight and a half, minus eight and a half. We don't cover. We're going to stay away from that one. All right, last three games, Kings at the Nuggets. Kings plus eight, Nuggets minus eight here. Well, we're not swallowing any points with the Nuggets, so we're not even going to talk about this game. Then we get the Hawks at the Lakers. Hawks plus three, Lakers minus three. Alrighty. Uh, I don't know. We don't bet the Lakers here without full strength, so we're not going to swallow three there, I'll tell you that. And then we're not, We can't take three here with this Hawks team with all their outs and game time decisions. Bogdanovich, game time decision. John Collins, game time decision. DeAndre Hunter out. Trey Young, game time decision. Cam Reddish, game time decision. So, staying away from this matchup, which leads us to the last game of the night. Cavs at the Blazers. Cavs minus six. Blazers plus six. Man, oh man. Uh, Rondo out for the Cavs and CD Osmond is a game time decision and for the Blazers McCollum is still out Lillard is still out we like this Cavs team swallowing six here we know the Blazers moving kind of you know off of McCollum and Damian Lillard with them being out but Anthony Simons filling in pretty solid here these last two games so I don't know. I think six might be a little bit too much for this Cavs team on the road. So, damn, damn, damn. All these games tonight, and we can't bet any? Damn. Damn, I think we're going to force one. We're going to go back to the 76ers game and swallow the 7.5 here. That's the best value I think we get. Yes, no Tyrese Maxey, but the Spurs, I mean, they're facing the Spurs, folks. I mean, Seth Curry will be able to get it done. They'll be able to kind of go without Tyrese Maxey in this game. So we are officially endorsing and taking 76ers minus 7.5 tonight. Lots of games on, but uh, not the greatest value overall. So 76ers minus 7.5. Alrighty, that is all the NBA we had to go over today for today. So let's shift gears to the NFL. Now, uh, we got to go over film study, picks, and I do kind of want to touch on some topics and stories quickly here. We're not going to spend too much time on these, but I just want to uh, touch on them. So here we go. Here we go. First one up, and I, I apologize. We should have talked about this immediately when it happened here. Uh, we kind of did, but didn't show him in action. So Derek Henry officially back two days ago oh yeah we love this baby Derrick Henry full pads with the football in his hands in a drill yeah 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 looking great the king is back folks Derrick Henry who is still like the fourth I think he's the sixth leading rusher here in the NFL this season even though he's only played like five games the king is back this Titans team man oh man 
I know the energy there is going to be going crazy in Tennessee now that they've got their true leader in Derrick Henry back. They've got the number one seed in the AFC. They've got to be buzzing over there in Tennessee. They've got to be feeling like they can get back to that AFC championship game that they were in a few, few, few years ago, a few seasons ago. Took a little bit of a dip last season, but now back at the top of the AFC. How crazy is this? And Derrick Henry coming back at the perfect right time. So we just kind of transferred this Titans team into Super Bowl contenders when we knew Derrick Henry was going to be able to come back for the playoffs. And that's exactly where this Titans team is going to stay um, heading into the playoffs. Super Bowl contenders, folks. Ryan Tannehill, let's see you be on your top of your game managing game here for this playoff run because I got to see the King get a ring. And hey, if Ryan Tannehill can get a ring with the King, I'm all for that. I'm all for Ryan Tannehill getting a ring. This man's been a really solid quarterback. Not obviously the best quarterbacks in the league. Never like top five. Never really even top like eight. Maybe top ten. Maybe you could put him in at like number ten. You can make your argument. Uh, but, you know, Ryan Tannehill got to get it done. Hopefully a fresh healthy hopefully well first of all hopefully Derrick Henry can stay healthy and you know with him fresh here you can run him 30 plus times a game which is exactly what they're going to need to do in the playoffs so Derrick Henry is back practicing full speed ready to go and when this mammoth of a man man is coming at you at full speed it's a GG folks the king is back hallelujah the king is back Alrighty, now let's talk about this. Here we go. Jets offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur takes, quote, 100% of the blame for the strange fourth down call late in the loss to the Bucs. Now, we went over the film study for the Jets at the Bucs. We talked about this fourth down play and how it was trash. Fourth and two when they do a QB sneak. They were rocking with Braxton Berrios. He was murdering all game long. And on fourth and two, you don't trust your best player. The hottest hand on the team over the last three weeks, Braxton Barrios, who you should be revolving the entire offense around Mike LaFleur. How is Matt LaFleur so gosh dang good, never losing back-to-back -back games, getting it done, AFC, uh, NFC champions, uh, you know, their number one seed, I should say, because they do lose the NFC championship game, number one seed in the NFC the last three seasons, 13-3 and three the last three years, all that fantastic, but Mike LaFleur brain farts on fourth and two in the biggest game of the season facing Tom Brady in the box a chance to win that game and Mike LaFleur has a, br a brain fart on fourth and two when the game was yours to take and win so let's see what this man is truly saying Let's see if he's going to acknowledge, hey, I should have gave Braxton Burials the ball because that's exactly what we were calling for. Um, this is the play right here. They're going to show the play, so let's talk about it again. We get Braxton Burials in motion. Zach Wilson under center. Braxton Burials in motion, and they don't give him the ball. It's a QB sneak two yards away with Zach Wilson. We know he's not big, beefy, folks. What is Zach Wilson, like 6'3", like one? 20? What do we get with Zach Wilson, folks? You know, us talking about, you know, quarterbacks' heights recently here. What do we got with Zach Wilson? Is this man going to be good? He's at 6'2", which is kind of our bar, our very minimum bar that we would accept. We really only want to accept 6'3 and above. 
Uh, but Zach Wilson, 6'2", 214. This is not a QB sneak two yards away. QB sneak a yard, half a yard. Yeah, yeah, Zach Wilson's built for that, but not for two yards. What are you, crazy? So we absolutely hated the call, and then you give Tom Brady way too much time. We went through that. Tom Brady engineers the game-winning drive and all that. So here we go. Back to Mike LaFleur. What do you have to say for yourself? What do you have to say for yourself? So here we go. Let's read the lead up here. Jets, off, Jets offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur told the re reporters Thursday the team's peculiar QB sneak on fourth and two late in the fourth quarter, which turned it over on downs, giving possession to Tom Brady. Yeah, we already talked about this. And leading to his game-winning touchdown drive was his fault and his alone. So, okay, taking responsibility. We're all for that. Mike LaFleur says, quote, it's 100% on me. I'm disappointed with myself for two reasons. I pride myself on communication and in our unit on execution and I failed at both of those so alrighty taking responsibility for the bad call in the loss alrighty which is going to give us a little bit of you know uh, another kind of a uh, little extra push on one of our bets this week we won't spoil anything but okay um, and then what else do we got we got another quote by this man I want to hear more I want to hear more by this man I don't want to just hear you accept responsibility and move on I want you to go in what should you have done should you have gone to Braxton Bears which we have been clamoring for here we go another quote by Mike LaFleur so here we go let's read the uh, lead up a quarterback keeper from a from a long fourth and two isn't ideal of course it also wasn't entirely planned says quote by Mike LaFleur the total intent was to get Braxton the ball Braxton the ball what we were what we wanted what we saw what you should have done so okay we know what we're talking about once again certified we know what we're talking about Braxton Barriers is great uh, fantastic great and all that they should have gave him the ball uh, back to the quote, the total intent was to get Braxton the ball. He was balling, and I failed to get that relayed. Our quarterback did exactly what he was supposed to do in that moment. So um, that was kind of the play. Seems like uh, it could have gone either way. The handoff to Braxton Berrios on a jet sweep or Zach Wilson uh, kind of quarterback sneak. And uh, Mike LaFleur just couldn't get the the message, the information relayed. Hey, hey, hand off the ball. Don't, Zach Wilson, what the hell? Get the ball out of your hands. What are you talking about? Don't you ever think that you should be having the ball in your hands on a fourth down? No, no, no. It's everybody else. Zach Wilson, get the ball out of your hands. But Mike LaFleur blew it, blew it big time. What else do we get? Another quote. Two more quotes. Here we go. Let's read the lead up. Here we go. So there was an unoccupied A gap, but the slimmest of margins. Wilson kept it anyway, doing what he was supposed to do, according to LaFleur, and getting stuffed even after the Jets' interior line was able to get about a yard of movement on Vea. A handoff to Barrios might have produced a better outcome than a than the brick wall Wilson ran into. Quote here by Matt, Mike LaFleur. Said, quote, like I said, I know what our intent was. Whether people want to believe that or not. Oh, I believe you. I believe you because we called it. We knew, yes. I mean, it was clear to say. If you were watching that game, yeah, everything should have ran through Braxton Berrios. This is what we're saying working on next season. Get it right next year. Braxton Berrios is going to be a huge focus for this Jets offense. Or really should. Should. You can let 
Zach Wilson continue to develop. I'm not saying you have to hold Zach Wilson back to get Braxton Barrios involved, but Corey Davis, Braxton Barrios, and then Zach Wilson, if he continues to progress and get better this offseason, this could be a really good, I don't want to say any more than good, because at the end of the day, it is still the Jets, so we do have to still take it, you know, week by week, step by step with them next year, but I still think you can you can get excited for this Jets offense this offseason uh, with, with the big three, Davis, Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios and Zach Wilson back to the quote that's what happened and I failed at both I have to live with that I know I'm going to learn from that I have learned from that you can't let the same play beat you twice in that situation I'm going to make sure it absolutely doesn't happen again so hey Mike LaFleur this could be good because you know now that it was supposed to be Braxton Berrios hopefully like Braxton Berrios is getting like drilled in this dude's head so that he does go with our plan of getting Braxton Berrios heavily involved in their overall offense. I really want him to be a core piece to this offense, like a Christian McCaffrey with the Panthers, like an Alvin Kamara with the Saints. Get Braxton Barrows involved, please, heavily, mightily. You did it the last three weeks, so we love it, but next season, let's continue it, correct? All right, and then the final quote here. Let's read the last lead-up. So, as LaFleur initially stated, and as millions of humans past and present can attest, communication is the most important element to success. That's where the Jets failed and from which LaFleur says he'll learn. Last quote. Quote, flat out, in the moment, I did not relay what we wanted to get done. That's what's disappointing. Like I told the players, I know we called the right play, but I didn't get the communication done, so it doesn't matter. So, we were right. Mike LaFleur is telling us we were right. So, as long as we were right, folks, that's all I care about. Right? That's all we care about, right? Um, so, Braxton Berrios, next season, Michael Floor, let's get it done. Yes? Yes. Alrighty, Michael Floor takes accountability for not giving Braxton Berrios the ball on fourth and two. Thank you, Michael Floor. We accept your apology. And uh Yeah, let's uh let's let's just uh get Braxton Berrios involved. Final thing to say, Braxton Berrios is the greatest wide receiver of all time. Alright, now we're done off the Jets and Braxton Berrios for today. Or as of right now. All right, then we get this. Here we go. The Carolina Panthers are willing to listen to offers for star running back Christian McCaffrey this offseason. So there Matt Rule goes again. It's the end of the year. They're trash, and they've got to put the blame on somebody. Last year, it was Teddy Bridgewater. You're out of here. This year, it's Christian McCaffrey. Get out of here. You're injury prone. Can't stay healthy. You are the reason Matt Rule is getting rid of all the great talent on this Panthers team. Now, Matt LaFleur and this Panthers team, they do have a little merit of kind of listening for offers for Christian McCaffrey. I mean, getting injured one season, okay, but then back-to-back seasons, uh, especially when you're the face of the franchise and they depend and count on you. This was still Christian McCaffrey's team, even with Sam Darnold at the helm, even with Cam Newton at the helm, even with P.J. Walker at the helm. It was always Christian McCaffrey's team. But not being able to stay healthy, running backs kind of being a dime a dozen in the eyes of kind of the decision makers of the of an overall NFL roster. You can't draft them in the first round. You can't pay them a second contract. They can't win MVP. They can't do anything. All they're good for is running the ball. That's all they're good for. So once they run the ball, you can throw them in the trash. Uh, so that's kind of what the Panthers may be doing with Christian McCaffrey. 
Broken running back is never anything great, especially with the price tag that is Christian McCaffrey. Because he is the dual threat, because he is the face of the franchise, because he's the, he's the only good offensive piece of this entire Panthers team over the last three, four years. So, we'll see if they do decide to truly get rid of Christian McCaffrey. We'll see if anybody's kind of foolish enough to take Christian McCaffrey. It's unfortunate Christian McCaffrey. He's had a great career already, but it may come a little bit short here. These back-to-back -back injuries, folks, I mean, that is really off-putting. I mean, I don't even want to say this because it's going to sound so bad and it's going to kill me to say this, but even with Derrick Henry getting injured, folks, and I don't even want to finish that. You all know where I'm going with that. Even with Derrick Henry's first injury, okay? Mm, mm, I don't even want to finish it. I even got to knock on wood big time here. Mm, mm. So, Christian McCaffrey, second injury, not great. Matt Rule, always looking to point the finger and put the blame on somebody to save face for next year. So, we'll see how intent they are of getting rid of Christian McCaffrey, if they're just listening to see what's out there, whatever it is. But, so far, the Carolina Panthers are willing to listen to the offers of Christian McCaffrey. And then the last thing right here, folks, obviously the biggest news story in the NFL over the last, you know, week, Antonio Brown going crazy, truly going crazy. Um, but uh, I don't even know. I, I truly don't even know what the hell to make of this. Uh, information coming out. Everything's kind of seeming like uh, all the information's already out there. But what the hell? Antonio Brown, like, it doesn't make sense. Like, the whole first thing that got it started was that Antonio Brown wanted those incentives um, guaranteed of his contract, but he still had two games left, and he was real close. I think it was like, it was like five to six catches, 50 yards, and a touchdown. That's what he needed over like two games and he wasn't getting targeted in the first half so he has like this big halftime meltdown but then the players kind of calmed him down and then they got over that and then Antonio Brown didn't want to go back in the game in the third quarter and Bruce Arians said all right you don't want to go in then fuck off or something along those lines using charge language like that so I like it just does it just doesn't line up like last season weeks week last week of the season you could still play. There were still two games left, so Antonio Brown getting kind of like this upset with still another full game to go in the box. Bruce Aaron's already said, hey, if you're healthy, you're going to be playing this week. And going back to last season, Tom Brady played in the season finale last season, threw for 400 yards and four touchdowns. So, I mean, there was plenty of opportunities for Antonio Brown in the final game of the season to get those incentive marks. Um, so I don't understand the reason to blow up on that alone. And then you parlay that with Bruce Arians kind of, you know, not going for bat the entire year for Antonio Brown, you know, really kind of, hey, in the beginning of the season, Antonio Brown was, or Bruce Aarons was like, hey, you know, you know, Antonio Brown's on small lights, one, one small thing, and he's out of here, and then his attitude changed when they didn't have any wide receivers, and it was, you know, yeah, Antonio Brown can play and all that, and then on the sideline this week of uh, Bruce Aarons say, hey, then fucking leave, or get the fuck, get the fuck out, I think it was what it said, then get the fuck out, and Antonio Browns did get the fuck out, so you get Antonio Brown, who we know is kind of, you know, there, there's different ways of coaching 
players and just this goes to every level folks of every level of football I didn't love getting screamed at I didn't respond to that I knew I made a mistake and if the coach was harping on me I didn't respond to that there's different ways of coaching there's are there are people that do respond if they did something wrong and somebody gets in their face and their grill and they yell at them then they respond positive positively there are players like that I've witnessed that I've seen it I get it but there are some people and players that just don't respond to that. They know they did wrong. They're hard, they're more hard on themselves than anybody else can be. So when somebody else is hard on them, like harder than they are on themselves, they don't respond to that. And Antonio Brown is kind of a little bit of that personality from what I have gathered by the man for his entire career. Um, so you get Bruce Arians, you know, using that charge language, you know, getting the fuck out. Then Antonio Brown being, oh, you want me to get the fuck out? Then I'll get the fuck out. You know, going along that. So Bruce Arians, a little bit of blame there, but overall, you know, and then we bring up this, you know, the mental illness and the CTE. It's got to be something more, like, it's got to be just something more than Bruce Arians saying get the fuck out and Antonio Brown not getting kind of the targets he wanted. So once again, we know Antonio Brown has kind of been a little wonky you know to put it the lightest you know over the last couple of years with the whole thing with this kind of baby mother and all that calling the cops and then this wasn't you know the whole separation from the Steelers and all this so I just don't even know what the hell to make of this story it just it doesn't all make sense it doesn't all line up it seems all overblown which is kind of a little bit of classic Antonio Brown but uh, that's where we're at. I mean, that's uh, all the information is all the information is truly out there. I mean, everybody's leaking text message. Well, Antonio Brown's leaking text messages and all this and all that. So, I mean, there's really no true discrepancies. Nobody's saying it's this, and the other side's saying no, it's this, and then they're kind of saying, well, no, it's this. Here's the evidence of it being this, and here's the evidence of it not being that. It's really everybody's kind of all right. Yeah, this is the full picture. So, I was gonna say, hey, let's wait till we get the all the information but I think we have it nobody's kind of disagreeing of what truly happened so I it's just the strangest thing but it's Antonio Brown and it's all that so that's where we're at with this story I feel the most sorry for Tom Brady obviously because he had gone to bat for Antonio Brown multiple times. Now, is that just Tom Brady wanting a receiver so he doesn't care? And he's like, no, Antonio Brown's fine. Oh, yeah, we've got no problem worrying about his mental health. He's good. He's good. Or in, in Tom Brady didn't even kind of calm him down on the sideline. It was only Mike Evans going. So how much does Tom Brady truly care about Antonio Brown? Everything in the media, he's like, oh, he's my best friend, and I want him to get right, and he can sleep at my place, and I can give him $20 million whenever he wants it. I don't care. Um, and then, you know, you don't defend him on the sideline and all that. Now he's now Antonio Brown has burned Tom Brady. So obviously Tom Brady's not going to go for the bat for Antonio Brown probably again, especially in the media. So it's just a strange situation. It's truly unfortunate. And we'll see if the Bucks can overcome it um, f to try and repeat as Super Bowl champions. So we'll see what happens. But I would definitely say Antonio Brown's career in the NFL is done. I don't see any team signing him. I mean, he's just a big distraction. This is a huge distraction at the worst time of the season, heading into the playoffs. So, you know, he did it before. He said he wasn't going to do it again. He's done it again. He said he wanted to do it again. He's done it again. So his career in the NFL is done. It's over. I don't see any team, even if Urban Meyer was still head coach, I don't think Urban Meyer takes in Antonio Brown. So... 
that's where we're at. Antonio Brown officially cut from the Bucks now. You know, that was kind of a little bit of an interesting thing. Antonio Brown leaves Sunday, and then Monday they don't cut him. Tuesday they don't cut him. Wednesday was the official day. Was Wednesday the official day, or was it Thursday? Either way, they have officially, finally, let Antonio Brown go, and now he is officially, like Bruce Arian said, not a Buck anymore. Alrighty, so those are all the stories I just wanted to touch upon quickly here. So now let's shift gears again to a film study because we got to watch Carson Wentz. A big time, little bit of a must win game for the Colts last week loses at home and once again we told y'all this Colts team at home is trash they are they never blow out anybody at home they lost against the Raiders at home uh they, didn't they go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Jags at home I don't think they beat um I don't think the Jags beat them but just having close games at home where home is supposed to be the advantage home field advantage minus three you start at minus three on the spread line just for having and being at home so the Colts are trash at home which is crazy Jonathan Taylor still had 100 rushing yards but only 20 carries we really want that man in 25 to 30 rushes Carson Wentz had 27 throws we really don't want him more than 25 uh, so Carson Wentz not being clutch not able to get it done himself and it's truly concerning as we head into the playoffs and as this Colts team kind of lucking out having to face the Jaguars to end the season but once again you went toe-to-toe -to -toe close game in the first matchup so maybe the Jaguars can pull the upset I don't think so because we've seen the Jaguars play over the last three weeks without Urban Meyer and it's not better it's not better it may be it may be a little worse but it's definitely not any better than what it was with Urban Meyer so yeah the Colts probably win this week but now we're talking about playoffs all right good and well you made the playoffs congratulations but now we got to start winning some of these playoff games or you're going to get exposed as frauds and then in the offseason it's not going to be you know good in your favor because everybody's going to be clowning you for floundering in a playoff game when you were kind of billed as Super Bowl contenders heading into the season you had hard knocks come in in the middle of the year and film you and you get blown out week one of the playoffs so I kind of really want to go through every single one of Carson Wentz's throws here and just see how is this man looking at really the end of the season at home really a must-win game to truly secure your playoff spot now you're going into the final week of the season still fighting for your life now you have an easy opponent like we said with the Jags so it makes it easy and kind of lighthearted oh we got to go play for our lives oh okay it's against the Jags oh are we gonna lose oh we might lose oh, it's like hard. Like everybody knows the Colts are going to win. I'm sure the Colts themselves are like, hey, we're going to win this game. Obviously, they're all keeping it probably professional saying, hey, any given Sunday, they're a good team, all that. I'm sure that's what they're saying. But I mean, in the back of their mind, they're like, are we really fighting for our lives? I mean, are we going to just play? Can we just play the first quarter and get out of here? Like, uh, so don't overlook them, Colts, okay? Because you still got Carson Wentz at the helm. So, Carson Wentz, officially 16 of 27 for only 148 yards, one touchdown, no pick. Not turning over the ball is good for Carson Wentz. We'll give him that green flag. But it's still, at the end of the day, you've got Michael Pittman Jr. and T.Y. Hilton, and he's still struggling. I mean, T.Y. Hilton by himself is, you know, a Hall of Famer, a great wide receiver. Michael Pittman Jr. was supposed to be kind of the next coming of T.Y. Hilton, if you will. Um, and then you still got Mo Ali Cox, and you got the running backs to kind of dink and dunk too so 
I just don't understand why Carson Wentz is not having more success here. We loved him with the Eagles. He was great with the Philadelphia Eagles. And now with this Colts team, he's just bad. It, I just can't. I just don't understand and I don't get it. But that's what Carson Wentz is showing us. So let's kind of go through all of his throws here. Maybe we get through them all. Maybe we don't. We'll see, you know, how we feel after a couple of throws and all that. And uh, we'll see. I don't. Uh, we're not going to put this Colts team back in Super Bowl contenders. There's no way we can do that based off of this losing film maybe we swallow 15 points I don't even think we do that so we'll see what Carson Wentz is showing us here on this tape and then we can decide if we swallow the 15 this week which I I'm gonna tell you right now we're not <laughs> there's nothing that he can show on this film that is gonna make us swallow 15 and 15 points for the Colts this week and we'll see if maybe we can move this Colts team back in Super Bowl contender. Maybe it was just some drops by the receivers. Maybe it was just great defense by the Raiders. So let's see what Carson Wentz was throwing like. And let's see if it's all on Carson Wentz. Is it on the receivers? Was it good defense by the Raiders? So let's see what we get with Carson Wentz. So we'll go drive by drive. Let's see what we get. First drive of the game. Run, run, which sets up a third and 10. Carson Wentz, first pass is a third and 10. So I love the Colts for kind of for wanting to establish the running game real early on and, you know, want to run the ball heavy here. So once again, Frank Reich, a little bit of extra credit here overall for trying trying to come out and run the ball first run is three yard positive play but then the following play is a three yard loss in the running game so third and ten Carson Wentz here we go first pass of the game and that's another reason why we truly can't count this Colts team as Super Bowl contenders because at some point in the playoffs the rushing game is going to get going but then they're going to probably find themselves down in a big time spot maybe final drive where Carson Wentz hasn't been passing that much because the running game has been the main focus so we get kind of the fourth quarter final drive Colts down, you know, one possession, one score, and, uh, you know, Carson Wentz maybe has only thrown 17 times so far this game, and now you have to ask him to come out cold and get it done. The man can't be warm and get it done. Already kind of hot, already throwing the ball, and continue to get it done. So him being cold because the running game has been getting all the plays and all the work, Carson Wentz is not going to be able to come out here and just like this, third and ten, first throw of the game, you know, you can't rely on Carson Wentz to get it done here. So here we go. First pass by Carson Wentz, plenty of time to throw, and then this late-ass hack ball that's not even open, way, way, way incomplete, could have potentially even been a pick. Here we go, Carson Wentz again. Um, and let's bring this one in the all-22. Let's take this one. From the All-22, now that it's finally up, thank you, NFL.com, for finally doing something right. Was there anything Carson Wentz should have thrown here? He had plenty of time to throw, and he threw it to somebody well covered. Anything open? Yeah, right here, right here. I believe this is T.Y. Hilton all the way by his lonesome over the right part of the field. This is wide open right here, and Carson Wentz is not seeing it and decides to throw to a receiver who's so covered that the defender bats away the ball at the last 
minute. This receiver all the way down the field. And we know Carson Wentz has a big arm. That's another thing that's so frustrating. We know Carson Wentz has a cannon of an arm. And you don't let it rip right here. Wide open on the right sideline for about 25, 30 yards. And if you throw this one accurate and in stride, T.Y. Hilton maybe takes it all the way for the remainder. 50 yards needed for the score. So Carson Wentz, man, bad decision making. A little bit of a reason why we can't truly buy the Cowboys because Dak Prescott's kind of, you know, decision making. and re Or no, that's Matthew Safford, excuse me why uh, we were kind of worried about Matthew Stafford in kind of the middle part of the season because of his decision making, not seeing the wide open receivers. Now, Matthew Stafford has cleaned that up and you know we are feeling a little bit more confident as we head into the playoffs on the Rams overall and Matthew Stafford, but here we go, week 17 and you're missing wide open throws, wide open reads not good for big plays, that would have been a huge play to set the tempo first drive First play by Carson Wentz already over midfield. Now you put the pressure on the Raiders to score and continue to score and all that. So, man, oh, man, not a good first drive by Carson Wentz. A good first throw at all. That's absolutely bad. Not great. Alrighty, here we go. So they have to punt because of that incomplete. Then the following drive here. Four-yard run, six-yard run, picks up the first down. Then we get passing complete, passing complete, passing complete. Why stop with the running game? It was working. You just picked up a first down, and then you completely abandoned it. I get maybe throwing the ball on first down, okay. And then go right back to the running game when Carson Wentz threw that incomplete. Go back to the running game, but they don't. Passing complete, passing complete, pass complete. Three straight passes by Carson Carson Wentz passing complete, his first four throws passing complete, where is kind of the, the setup plays, can somebody get this man warmed up, At the first couple of plays, you know, establish the run game, but also establish the screen game, get Carson Wentz warmed up, you can't go from freezing cold Carson Wentz to getting it done, that's not Carson Wentz, we know it, so this is big, big, glaring, flashing issues for this Colts team, and they better hope they have a first round easy opponent, just quickly taking a look here in the AFC, if the season ended today, Colts would have to go to Cincinnati, and that's a big old L for the Colts right off the rip. And then just looking at all potential first-round matchups here, where you're either going to have to really face the Chiefs, the Bengals, or the Bills first round, I mean, this is bad here for the Colts. There's no surefire opponent where you win week one. Maybe, maybe you can beat the Patriots, but the Patriots, first of all, have to get the AFC East lead, and that's going to take a win by them and a loss by the Bills. So, I mean, that's probably who they're trying to face week one, game one, wild card round game one in the playoffs for the Colts. That's their best. That's their best case scenario for a win. But still, at the end of the day, you'd have to face a Bill Belichick defense. Once again, good luck, Carson Wentz. They're going to take away the running game and let Carson Wentz throw on them. And once again, it's good luck because already we're getting trashed by the man. Alrighty, let's keep it up here. Here we go. Let's Watch these three straight passing completions. Here we go. Down 7 nothing. It's not like it's 0-0 game. Good defense. You know, who's going to strike first? You've already been stricken on. So, Carson Wentz, step it up. Here we go. Carson Wentz. Three straight incompletions. You all ready for it? Under center. Carson Wentz. Play action pass. Plenty of time to throw. Set up screen. And it's, it's open. I think this screen is open. This screen pass is open. But Carson Wentz... Fires it into the dirt. 
This is open. This was good. You don't throw this ball into the dirt. You weren't under immense pressure. There weren't defenders all over the running back here. And Carson Wentz throws it directly in the dirt. You don't throw that one away. That's a play that breaks big. Look at the blocks. They're all set up. Look at the look at this. You've got a free blocker ready to escort the running back into the end zone for 60 yards. And Carson Wentz throws it into the dirt. Folks, we're only two plays in, two throws in. Do you understand? We're two throws in, and these are the worst plays I've seen all year. These are the worst decision-making I have seen all year long, folks. Do y'all get it now? Why this Colts team cannot be Super Bowl contenders even remotely close? Because Carson Wentz is so not good for this Colts team. It's mind-boggling. Oh, um, I think I've seen enough. We said it at the beginning. We don't have to watch every single throw, but I'm done. I've, I've seen enough. Two throws in. We're done. We've seen enough. Carson Wentz is not good. Jeez. Let's keep going. Let's keep, uh, can he win us back? I don't think he can. Second and 10, empty backfield, five wide. What does Carson Wentz genius do here? Quick throw on an out, on a comeback route. T.Y. Hilton just could not hang on to the ball a little bit high. And that's incomplete. Setting up third and 10. Here we go, Carson Wentz. Third and 10. Dropping back, plenty of time, plenty of time to throw. Steps up in the pocket and then just <laughs> somehow trying to throw the ball to a lineman saying, oh, 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 uh, here you go. Like, uh, what is going on here, Carson Wentz? This is a complete 180 flip of what we know of Carson Wentz from the Philadelphia Eagles. Man, oh, man, last season was truly Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was a fraud his entire first four seasons. And then last year was the real Carson Wentz. We saw it. Damn. The hell is this? Let's take this in the all 22. Was there anywhere to go with this ball? Plenty of time to throw. There's so much. If you give Tua this much time to throw the ball, I mean, geez, Louise, Tua's a Super Bowl MVP quarterback, okay? Uh, here we go. Carson Wentz. What do you got on third and ten? Anything open here? Is anybody even getting open for this Colts team? Absolutely nobody open. Absolutely no. Right here, it's finally open, but Carson Wentz is already being taken down. And that's a one-on-one deep ball opportunity that you just throw up, and hopefully uh, Carson Wentz doesn't underthrow the ball. But other than that, yeah, Carson Wentz may be a little uh, – well, this one isn't – bad all the other throws were trash this one we give him a little bit of a pass there truly was everybody was locked up pretty solidly so they have to punt again all right now finally they're down 10 nothing third possession of the game and here we go what do we get kickoff four yard run 18 yard run 24 yard run are you seeing it folks i i mean we see this every week this is not an outlier game folks this is why we talk every game every player every week we track how these teams are playing how they're scoring how they're looking like while they're playing and while they're scoring are they scoring consistently are they scoring consistently in the game are they scoring consistently through one game two games three games or are they you know one game here five games later they show up this is what we do folks we are here every day talking seeing tracking evaluating 
The national media doesn't do that. They look at the stats. They're like, okay, that's good. And then they don't ever change their opinion. They're still working with, like, week two stats. They don't don't care. They're still working with week two stats. That's why they still believe the Panthers are a good team. Where we know for the last seven weeks, we have been absolutely cashing in on betting against the Panthers, folks. This is what we do here. So, I mean, these first three plays, run, run, run. Next play, three-yard run. Once again, positive play. Then the next play, they get a 10-yard offensive holding penalty. Uh, Unfortunate. And then here we go, eight-yard pass and then pass incomplete. So these are two Carson Wentz plays right here. Eight-yard pass, pass incomplete. They have to settle for the field goal. But that penalty, like we just said, sets them up big bad. Now it's second and 17. Let's see what Carson Wentz decides to do here. And Carson Wentz does not have a completion here. This is going to be his first completion. Throw over the middle for about five, six yards. All righty. That sets up third and nine here. Now, this is third and manageable. This is big-time football right here. Third and 17, okay. I'm not going to put any blame on Carson Wentz. You're expected not to pick it up. Second and 17, that was good. Getting some yards back, making it third and manageable. Carson Wentz, you must get it done. You're at the Raiders' 30-yard line. You can't just settle for field goals. That's not super. Super Bowl contending team settling for field goals. You must get it done. Come on, Carson Wentz. What do you got on us for third and nine at the Raiders 28-yard line? Down 10-0, second quarter. Carson Wentz immediately pressured. Has to spin out of a tackle. And he just has to throw this one, um, not really away. He throws it toward a wide receiver, but, I mean, it's like four yards, five yards above the receiver's head and no chance at a grab. Now, this was a great blitz by the Raiders. Instant pressure on Carson Wentz, and that's how you play it. You pressure Carson Wentz because we know he's not even good with tons of time. Those first two throws, folks, plenty of time, Mr. reads, bad decisions, all that. So that was their second drive. Running game gets it done. Carson Wentz flounders the drive. They have to settle for the field goal. All righty. After the field goal drive, what do we get? Run for no gain. One-yard run. We get a five-yard penalty setting up third and 14, letting Carson Wentz get it done on third and 14. Can Carson Wentz get it done on third and 14? Of course not. Here we go. Third and 14. What have they got? Backed up at their own 12-yard line. Carson Wentz, plenty of time to throw. He's going to throw this one. And once again, too high. This throw is wide open, folks. This throw is wide open, and Carson Wentz throws it too damn high. We can watch it here. Here's the all 22. It's going to come be, it's going to be like a little bit of a comeback route here on the left sideline. Here we go. Just look at all this open space. He's coming back toward the ball. This is three yards of solid separation here. And do you see how much this dude had to jump off the ground for even a chance to catch this ball? Carson Wentz can't even be accurate to wide open receivers, folks. Are we getting it? Are y'all seeing it? Or am I crazy? I don't think I'm crazy, folks. I'm, it's right in front of my eyes. Um, this is just Carson Wentz being absolutely garbage folks not even bad just straight garbage this this is so atrociously gleaming glaring jarring folks not good at all they have to punt now here we go touchdown drive what did their touchdown drive finally look like here we go They get the ball. A minute and 47 seconds left. So two-minute drives is what Carson Wentz is maybe good at. But let's see. Was it Carson Wentz engineering this drive? Here we go. 
We get a 5-yard pass, 17-yard pass, 7-yard pass, 6-yard pass, 8-yard pass, 4-yard pass, 12-yard pass, pass complete, pass complete, touchdown to Jonathan Taylor on 3rd and 1 right up the middle. Uh, so let's watch this drive. Let's see what Carson Wentz was doing here on this up-tempo drive. Do they have to go up-tempo? Is that what this Colts team should be doing? Up-tempo, run, read option, all that with Carson Wentz. Or I shouldn't say read option, play action because I don't want Carson Wentz running the ball uh, for two reasons. He's not a dual threat. He's slow. And the second reason, he's injury prone. So definitely don't want this dude running the ball. But up-tempo, should they be going quick here? You can go quick. Go quick throughout the entire game. You don't just need to do it on two-minute drills or anything like that. Um, ex especially if that's the only way Carson Wentz could be successful. So here we go. Plus, they also started at their own 40-yard line. So great starting field position as well. But we'll still give Carson Wentz some credit here if he deserves it. So here we go. Down 10 points. Minute 47 seconds left in the first half. Trying to do something. What can Carson Wentz do? Here we go. He's going to have a lot of completions here. Quick and fiery. Here we go. <clears throat> comeback route, and he dumps it down. And once again, this man is timid throwing this ball. The, everybody's on a comeback route here. And he kind of pump fakes it down, doesn't want to do it. He was looking towards the right side where it's all open. You can throw the, the two receivers coming back on the right sideline. Carson Wines pulls it down and then almost throws an incomplete pass over the middle. Once again, his decision-making, he second-guesses himself, folks. Is Carson Wentz truly ruined all those inner? Interceptions last season. Now he's second guessing everything because he knows turnovers are a bad thing and they'll get you talked about negatively in the media. The fastest way to lose a starting quarterback job is to throw the picks. And Carson Wentz led the league while not even playing every game last season, throwing 15 interceptions. So now is he just timid? Is he second guessing everything now? Is he truly ruined? Potentially, well, from what we've seen, yeah, that could definitely be an explanation of what we're seeing from Carson Wentz. It was right in front of us right here on this play. It was complete, though, to Nehem Hines over the middle of the field, but he had to reach all the way down, inaccurate pass, all that. But they get the completion. They're moving up tempo now, second and five. Carson Wentz, here he goes, looking good. Bingo, bango. This is the Carson Wentz we all knew and love. A nice little open receiver right here on the right boundary, and he fit the ball in there perfectly. A little bit low, but that's kind of how it had to be for the completion. Um, could have given the receiver extra yards after the catch if he put it on the money, but overall, he got it there. We'll give him credit. That's the best pass that we've seen Carson, make, Carson Wentz make all day. Uh, his second completion. Two and eight. Two and eight, folks. Now, positive, this is how many completions Carson Wentz should have every half. Eight to ten. Uh, so that's great, good on Frank Reich. Uh, but the bad, he had two completions. <laughs> Just two. Oh, my God. He's two of eight so far. A minute left in the second quarter. All right, here we go. Next play. Here we go. Up tempo again. Rushing to the line. Here we go. Carson Wentz dropping back the pass. Plenty of time to throw. A little bit of a dink. Three yards there. Wide open. They're backing off a little bit. Carson Wentz is dinking it down. All righty. That's not impressive to us if you're just dinking and dunking. And that's kind of what we've seen so far on this drive. All righty. Here we go. Carson Wentz second and two. Up tempo again. Right up to the line. Carson Wentz dinks it down. Denehem Hines out in the flat. That goes for the first down and out of bounds. So good play overall. But once again, it's Carson Wentz dinking and dunking. He's not airing it out. He's not being accurate. Anything like that. Here we go. Another sling right there over the middle of the field real quick. Up tempo again here. Here we go. Carson Wentz, one timeout left, 25 seconds at the 20-yard line, second and two. Carson Wentz slinging it once again to the boundary, out of bounds. Mo Alley-Cox, good there. 
Once again, nothing great by Carson Wentz. This is just all classic two-minute drive, moving the ball, getting out of bounds, dinking and dunking. Any quarterback can do this. Carson Wentz over the middle of the field there to the one-yard line. Bingo, bango. Now, this is where we true. This is where we're really going to learn a lot of Carson Wentz. We get first and goal, second and goal, and they throw the ball right on the one-yard line. He can't get it. So what is Carson Wentz seeing in the red zone? Because now we're in the red zone. We haven't talked about Carson Wentz's red zone problems at all because he hasn't been in the red zone this game. So here we go. Our first look at Carson Wentz maybe not getting it done in the red zone. Here we go. First and goal. Here we go. Carson Wentz, everything flowing to the left, flowing to the left, nothing open, nothing open, and he decides just to throw it away. Potentially almost intentional grounding, but uh, there was nobody even close to the area. Uh, let's go back to this play one more time here, and let's see, was there anything open? Everything sliding to the left here. Here we go. What does it look like? Anything wide open that he should have taken immediately? No, everything is very well covered right here. Very well covered. And then he just runs out of room, has to throw the ball away. All right, so good decision there by Carson Wentz. Really nothing open there. But here we go. Second and goal. His second opportunity, Carson Wentz. Here we go. Play action. Carson Wentz. He's going to fire it in the back of the end zone. And that was very well covered as well. And he tried to take a shot. I'll give him credit for that shot. Then we get third and one, and then they're just going to hand it off here, what they should have done on first down. Here they go. Hand it off with Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, one crack at it. Touchdown, no problem, no fuss. Guaranteed seven points. Once again, stop giving Carson Wentz the ball ever. I don't even want Carson Wentz to throw the ball five times anymore. I have decreased Carson Wentz's limit. We were originally kind of okay with about 20, really kind of 20 max. I know it was kind of saying 25. Uh, you, it's, it's really tough to not throw the ball like more than 20 times a game. It is tough. I get it. But this is what you have have to do. So I don't want to see see Carson Wentz throw the ball more than five times a game. Okay? That's where we're at with Carson Wentz. Alrighty, then after halftime, another touchdown drive. Alright, alright. You strung two good touchdown drives together. First one was a dink and dunk right before halftime. Let's see what they do coming out of halftime. Here we go. Uh, right off the rip, they get a five-yard penalty for encroachment by the defense, setting up first and five. We get a 14-yard run, two-yard run, seven-yard pass, run for no gain, two-yard run, and then touchdown Colts with a Carson Wentz 45-yard bomb to T.Y. Hilton. Uh, before we get to that one, let's watch the seven-yard pass. Uh, right before it. So uh, everything up to this play right here is running plays. And then they throw the ball right here. Here we go. Carson Wentz play action on second and eight. Wide open. Check down to Mo Alley Cox for seven yards. Um, so that was the pass. And then they go to run on the next play. And then the following play is the big shot play. So here we go. Carson Wentz 45-yard bomb on fourth and one. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Here we go. Carson Wentz. Run up the middle. All right, that was not it. So they run two plays. Carson Wentz sneaking on fourth and one to pick up the first down. Okay, Carson Wentz can QB sneak. He's a big, beefy guy. I trust that man to get it done in a QB sneak for one yard. Not a two-yard QB sneak like Zach Wilson, but a one-yard QB sneak for Carson Wentz. So they pick up the first down. Now we're going to get the big play. Here we go. It goes 45 yards for the touchdown. Let's see what it looks like. Play action pass. Carson Wentz stepping up in the pocket, rolling out to the right, and lets this thing slang. And it's, folks, folks, this is his touchdown pass. This is Carson Wentz's one touchdown pass of the entire game. A deep shot. That's a 50-50 jump ball for not one receiver or two players, 
four players, two defenders, two receivers, all in the same area, and Carson Wentz decided this was a good ball to throw. And luckily, the one Colts receiver and the two Raiders defenders all go up for the ball, and somehow it falls into the hands, wide open, to T.Y. Hilton, who's just standing in the end zone. That's a miracle ball by Carson Wentz. A Hail Mary, if you will, that luckily turned out good for Carson Wentz. That's his best play of the game. That's 45 of his 48 yards coming on just a lucky tip drill. That's all that play was. I'll give Carson Wentz credit for a 45-yard bomb. I'll give him credit for that. But I'm not giving credit for him for accuracy or a good read or anything like that. So, really, Carson Wentz had 103 yards passing. Not 148. 45 was just luck. So this is what we're saying, folks, truly breaking everything down. This is what we do here. I'm not buying Carson Wentz at all, folks. I can't buy Carson Wentz at all. If y'all want to keep buying Carson Wentz, that's fine. I was at a little bit of a holiday party, a little bit of a Christmas party over the holiday break, and there were some people still doubling down on Carson Wentz, and that's fine. I don't, y'all do you. I'm not here to, you know, be the gatekeeper of information or be the gatekeeper of uh, takes or opinions or anything like that. I'm just showing y'all why I'm not and really why you shouldn't be, but if y'all still want to overlook and say, all right, bad performance or whatever, still trust them, that's fine. I'm just not. So, all right, I'm not. And I'm going to tell you why I'm not. And if y'all want to still believe and double down, that's that's fine. I've got no problem with that. I'm not, and I'm showing you why you most likely shouldn't. But okay, y'all do you, we do we. Oh, yeah, I've got no problem with that. Um, but here we go. But don't come running to me when you're losing your money on the Colts and Carson Wentz, okay? Like y'all are continuing to lose your money on the Panthers. I see I see y'all out there. This is why I speak like this, because I see y'all. I see what y'all are doing. And some of it's atrocious. Some of it's uh, sometimes I can't keep it in. Sometimes I let you get away with some things, but I'm always looking at it. I always see what y'all are doing. That's the overall problem. I see y'all. I know what y'all are doing. I see it. Y'all love social media. I see y'all on there. Don't pretend like y'all are not, okay? Okay? Y'all are still betting on the Panthers. We have physical evidence, and we pointed out every single time of y'all betting the Panthers. Okay? Back to the Colts. Here we go. So that's the big touchdown. Carson Wentz. Lucky duck. <laughs> Lucky duck. Carson Wentz. <clears throat> Do we need to see more? Let's watch this last one. Here we go. After the big touchdown drive, touchdown drive before halftime, touchdown drive first drive out of halftime, next drive. What do they do? What does it look like? They punt. They go nine yards. We get a four-yard run, a nine-yard run, a five-yard pass, a negative one-yard run, and then an eight-yard sack on third and six. Let's take his one completion here, his one lone completion here on this drive. Here we go. Carson Wentz, what are you looking like here on first and ten? Once again, great field position for Carson Wentz at the Raiders' 40-yard line. Double kind of play action. Dumps it down to Michael Pittman Jr., who was one of the faking receivers of a kind of trick play. And it got like three yards, five yards max. Uh, so that's Carson Wentz. Once again, dinking, dunking. The one throw he goes deep. Uh, the throws he goes deep, they're short or they're lucky. Kind of 45-yard tip in the air for easy, just kind of catch anybody can make. And luckily, the wide receiver was there. So this is what we're saying. And now we have to believe in Carson Wentz against the Jaguars. Now the Jaguars' defense is trash, so I'm sure he gets it done. But overall, are we going to weigh that game any? Like, is there any 
anything to even take away from the Colts playing the Jaguars this week. Carson Wentz can't look good if he slung the ball 50 times and went 50, 49 of 50 for like 5,000 yards and one touchdown or four touchdowns, five touchdowns, six touchdowns, seven touchdowns, no interceptions. Is that even going to change our perception of Carson Wentz because it's against the Jaguars? I don't know. Maybe we'd give him some credit, but I don't think it's changing our overall opinion on what Carson Wentz is going to be doing. And there is no team even close to the garbageness of the Jaguars that are going to be in the playoffs. Once again, their easiest potential first-round matchup is the Patriots. And at the same time, you're going to go against a Bill Belichick defense, so it's not that easy. Man, folks, man. Where's our film? Here it is. All right, back at it. Here we go. Carson Wentz on third and six. <clears throat> Got to pick up the first down. He's going to take the sack here. Let's see. Could it? Was it avoidable? Carson Wentz rolling out to the right and then just takes a sack, folks. Let's uh, bring this one in the all-22. Plenty of time to throw a solid three-plus seconds right here. Uh, was there anywhere to go with this ball? Was everything locked up? Why did he take the sack? Here we go. From the all-22, we got trips to the right. Trips to the right. Carson Wentz. Uh, I mean, you've got some options to throw it here. You got this outbreaking route past the first down marker. That's where you go with the ball. That's where you go with the ball. And Carson Wentz, he's just not seeing it, just not believing in his arm, just not seeing it open. Once again, that's something quarterbacks have to figure out. What is open in the NFL? Once again, that, st that story from Tua about Tua last season, about Brian Flores saying, hey, Tua just doesn't know what open is in the NFL because he's coming from college. College Open and NFL Open is way different, folks. Because college defenses are trash. NFL defenses are all good. We know this. So does Carson Wentz even know what's open in the NFL anymore? This man is so ingrained. This man is so, like, scared of throwing an interception because he knows that's the factor. That's why Aaron Rodgers throws the ball away all the time because you, he knows interceptions are the worst thing you can do as a quarterback. Everybody focuses in on those and just harps on those turnovers. Giving away points, not scoring points. That's why Aaron Rodgers throws the ball away all the time. That's why Aaron Rodgers has like never thrown double-digit interceptions in his career. And that's why he's like the only quarterback that has done that ever. So, just, Carson Wentz, folks, this man is not good. I think I'm, I'm good. I've seen everything I needed to see here. Um, he's got any other good passes here. This field goal drive right here. Let's Yeah, let's end on this field goal drive because they kick... The field goal to tie the game. They kicked the field goal to tie the game here. Let's see what they were looking like in the red zone and why they floundered, and then we'll end it here on Carson Wentz. Uh, so here we go. The final four plays. We get a one-yard run, pass for no gain, and then a three-yard pass on third and nine. So let's take it here on second and nine, coming off the one-yard run, and why Carson Wentz could not get it done uh, really close to the red zone. They're at the 25-yard line of the Raiders. So basically red zone here, knocking on the door of the red zone. Why can Carson Wentz not? To get it done in the red zone. They're down 20 to 17 at the moment, so they need at least three. So Carson Wentz, he's in this weird stage. He can't turn over the ball because they're still down. They're in field goal range, and he doesn't kind of want to ruin the game here. But you're also kind of at a point where I can take the lead. So let's see what Carson Wentz decides to do. Let's see if we see any hesitation because he doesn't want to turn over the ball. Here we go. It's a setup screen. 
And that's just trying to do too much there by Nehem Hines. Stop dancing around. Get it and go. Carson Wentz put it good. This is where this is what we want this Colts offense to look like. Run game, read options, screen passes. He puts it right on the money. You just head upfield. Go upfield. Stop this lateral left and right. That's not what the screen is for. The screen is to catch and immediately turn upfield. Nehem Hines doesn't do that. So this isn't on Carson Wentz. This was a good, accurate throw by Carson Wentz on a screenplay. But this sets up third and nine. Let's see what we get with Carson Wentz here. Here we go. Third and nine from the 25-yard line. Dropping back the pass. Plenty of time to throw. And then just tries to dump it down to Nehem Hines and it picks up like nothing. Maybe a yard or two. But just dinking it down on third and nine. Giving up. Y'all know I hate that. If you're not throwing to the boundary on third down, I hate it. Even on like third and 17 when people do screen passes, I absolutely hate it. Go for it. Try it. Air it out. If it's incomplete, it's incomplete. You punt it. You're not picking up third and 17 most likely anyway. I know you're trying to catch the defense off guard. I know you're smarter than everybody. You're outplaying everybody. I get it, folks. I just hate that personally. Throw it to the boundary. Throw it to the marker. The first down marker on a third down play, please. Or else you're just saying, all right, we're giving in. We're throwing in the towel. So here we go. Carson Wentz on third and nine. Threw in the towel. Was there anywhere to go with this ball? Here we go. Carson Wentz. Plenty of time to throw. No, I mean, you got it right here over the middle of the field. Everybody's rolling left. This linebacker is not going to be able to stop and get uh, and make a play on this ball. So, Carson Wentz, you've got to throw it. Got to throw it right there. That's where it was open, but he dumps it down. So, it's just Carson Wentz, folks. It's Carson Wentz not being good. Zero buyability, zero believability, and really... I would put this Col- like literally the running game is the and the defense a little bit is what's keeping this Colts team as playoff contenders. I am this close to putting them down to playoff pretenders, and I swear if they go close to the Jaguars this week, I'm putting them down to playoff pretenders, and we're done with the Colts for the rest of the year. So. Carson Wentz, dinking and dunking, not getting it to the first down marker on crucial third downs, and when he throws the ball more than like 15 yards, it's inaccurate, and uh, you know, his one 45-yard bomb, it was the luckiest throw I've seen, luckiest touchdown catch I've ever seen, so... That's Carson Wentz, folks, in a huge game, must-win game to secure a playoff spot at home against a Raiders team who has not been consistent this entire year or the entire last three seasons. This is who you lose to at the worst time. I got no viability there, no bad ability. Alrighty, that is the film study that we had to watch for today, so now let's close out the show. We're not going to walk through the week 18 weeks, uh, week 18 games, we'll do all that tomorrow. We'll walk through the last week of the season, see what the playoff picture is going to look like, and then walk through the playoff picture. We'll do that all tomorrow on the show. But let's uh, make our official week 18 picks in the NFL, folks. Final regular season week of the NFL. Now, we don't have three picks in our lock section. We didn't force anything this week, folks. We're going to let the value come to us. Once again, most teams don't have anything to play for, so we're trying to stay away from those games overall in general. Uh, so we're, we've only got two locks. We've got three 99% guarantees still, and then we have a bonus category. I don't even want to hint any because I want to save it fresh. I think it could be a good segment, a uh, good thing to talk about. Hopefully, I don't butcher it. Hopefully, I don't flounder over it, but I don't even want to spoil anything. All you need to know is that we're doing locks, we're doing 99% guarantees, and then another section where we've got two picks in. So overall, we're making seven picks. 
different categories. Are y'all ready? Let's remind y'all what we did last week. Here we go. A little bit of um, not great. We found some great value where we always find value, but then we were a little off last week. But here we go. Six picks last week. Our three locks were Dolphins plus three and a half. We really th- we now, now let's preface it by saying this. We really only love that half a point hook because we thought it would be a close game. Clowns on us. Dolphins get blown up by thirty-one. The three and a half <laughs> doesn't even put a bandaid on <laughs> the shellacking the Dolphins suck. Wrong on that one. Then we took the Saints minus 6.5, betting against the Panthers. That's what we do here, and they win by 8, minus 6.5. Once again, bet against the Panthers whenever you have the chance. And then we had the Rams minus 4.5. Uh, they win, but they win by one. Another close game by this Rams team. And then our 99% guarantees, we had the Texans plus 12. That was more against betting against Trey Lance in his first performance, which was the right call because that man looked like utter garbage, um, look uh, like a newborn calf out there. It was real wonky and bizarre watching that man run around the field. Uh, so we had the Texans plus 12, but they lose by 16. Davis Mills letting us down. Damn, damn, damn. Uh, we had the Browns minus 3.5. Now, we made this pick before uh, Monday where they still had a chance in the playoffs, but we did double down on that Monday and took the Browns plus three. So either way, we were wrong. Uh, Browns minus three and a half, they lose by 12. Bingo, bango, trash. Um, Baker Mayfield, so bad. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about him tomorrow on the show. And then Cardinals, we took it plus six and a half, and they went outright. They went outright by three. That was great value. I mean, we couldn't stay away from that value, folks. Cardinals getting the most points that they have all season. We had to take advantage, and we did. So the two picks that we feel good about last week, uh, Saints minus six and a half, Cardinals plus six and a half are two, one of our two best bets of the week and they hit out so all right a little silver lining to look for one but we're looking to go we got it we got to end the the regular season on a strong note right folks we're going seven for seven all these picks are going to hit folks we know how to read the league we got it the regular season we've taken all the information that we've learned for the first 17 weeks of the season and we're using it this week to go seven for seven our first 100 percent pick rate of the year folks are y'all ready and um, i mean perfect timing you can bet online in new york state starting tomorrow at new at 9 a.m so you'll get the saturday games in tomorrow folks okay so this is the week everything's coming together you can bet online in new york we're from new york and we're making seven for seven picks do y'all see it all lining up it's there it's right it's right there folks it's all lined up primed and ready folks you're primed you're ready here we go we're giving you the picks all these are going to hit should we just move it all into locks three categories why do we need three categories all these are going to be locks folks but we still got three categories all righty here we go picks here we go let's let's start with our lock section two picks in our lock section this week folks are y'all ready here we go First pick, and we got to make a little bit of an announcement here. Woo, 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 woo. Final alert. Final alert. Final alert. Woo, woo, woo. Last chance to take advantage of our sponsors, folks. Bucks minus eight. Bucks minus eight. Bad against the Panthers. The final time you can do it this year because the Panthers are not in the playoffs. Final week. We have cashed out the last six, seven weeks betting against the Panthers folks betting against them swallowing 11 six and a half seven all the 
points. It doesn't matter. Now, eight this week. Bucks, Bucks, Bucks at home. I don't give a damn about AB. I don't give a damn about AB, CD, EF. You can give me the entire alphabet, folks. I don't care. I'm still taking the Bucks minus eight over the garbage Panthers. Now they're talking about getting rid of Christian McCaffrey. So now if Christian McCaffrey's up for sale, everybody on this Panthers team is up for sale. Do you think that's a good thing to think about heading into the last regular game of the season on the road when you have nothing to play for? Sam Darnold's been trash. The entire team can't even catch. So I'm sure this week, all that gets exacerbated into the worst performance of the Panthers season. Now, what is Matt Rule going to do? Matt Rule loves to point the finger. He's already got his out this year. And Chris McCaffrey. Oh, Chris McCaffrey's up for sale. That's the reason why, you know, he just can't stay healthy. Not having him. That's the reason why we lose and we, we lost this season. Pointing the finger. The finger's already pointed. Matt Rule is clean from the blame for this year. Uh, he's going on to next season um, with nothing to show for himself over his first two seasons. So... Matt Rule calls a garbage play, a garbage game plan for this game. Nobody bats an eye. Nobody even cares. Bucks, Bruce Arians said, hey, if you're healthy, you're going to be out there playing. So I'm sure they kind of want to get some confidence all over that A-B thing. They're at home. Minus eight. Panthers are trash. Bucks minus eight. Best bet of the week. I thought we were going to have to swallow a lot more. I'm glad we didn't. Uh, what did we predict this one at? Uh, we said bucks minus 14, and it's only bucks minus eight. So thank you, Vegas, for the value. Final, final week. Thank you, Carolina Panthers, for sponsoring the show. Um, I don't think they're going to be sponsors next year. They may be. They may come back for sponsorship. We'll see. But the sponsorship does end uh, on Sunday. So it's unfortunate, but uh, we thank you, Carolina. Thank you, Carolina, for sponsoring takes by fans. Bucks minus eight last week to take advantage of our promo. Betting against the Panthers, folks. Enter takes by fans at checkout. Bucks minus eight. Love it. Love it. All righty. We got one more lock, though. I got a lock here, folks. I got a lock here. I like it. Here we go. We're going Titans minus 10. Now, this Titans team, AFC potential number one seed here. If they win, they truly wrap it up. Now, they're getting Derrick Henry back. He's not going to play. They'd be stupid to play him in this game. They're not going to play him in this game. It's a meaningless game overall. Yes, if they win, they can be the number one seed, but they've wrapped up a playoff spot. This Texans team is not that good. You just want Derrick Henry ready for the playoffs. But there is a new energy now. They've got the king back. He's out there working with them. There's so much big energy for this Titans team coming off of last week's big old dominant win. Mike Vrabel deserves coach of the year. I want Mike Vrabel getting all the respect he deserves. This man has been quiet all last three years with Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry just putting in the silent work, getting to the AFC Championship game, getting to the playoffs, now number one seed in the AFC. Mike Vrabel, folks, deserves so much gosh dang credit, and we're giving him his credit. Swallowing 10 here with the Titans, final week of the year, on the road. I believe in Ryan Tannehill. I believe in this Titans defense overall. I really think that's what's going to carry it here. We see this Texans offense. It's just not good. It's not consistent. Only scored once last week, and I think it came off of a turnover with great field position. 
Um, and, uh, you know, Texans, nothing to play for. Final week. How does David Culley handle that? You know, all that. We like David Culley. This isn't a knock, but I want to see how he handles it, how he gets his team ready to rock final week of the year with nothing to play for except to maybe potential spoil the Titans' number one seed, which is a division rival. So, obviously, they would like to do that. But overall, the new found energy with Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, able to, he's going to be good against the Texans defense, folks. You can air out the ball. Tannehill can air it out here, and the Texans give up the deep ball. So they've got the running game. Once again, shout out to these backup running backs for the Titans. Shout out to Mike Vrabel. Shout out to the offensive coordinator here for keeping the team together and still being a running team, a rushing attack team, folks. Not abandoning the run. Frank Reich, are you taking hints? Your running back goes down. Could you imagine if Jonathan Taylor went down for the Colts? I mean, Frank Reich would not run the ball for the rest of the year. Mike Vrabel and company says, no, we lose Derrick Henry. We still run. We still run. We still run. Big credit here for Mike Vrabel and this Titans team all season long for keeping it together. And we're going to try and cash in one more time on this Titans team. Remember that golden era of Vegas disrespecting the Titans for like a nice five-week stretch here? And we were cashing out, getting points every single week with the Titans. What a great what a great couple of weeks that was for uh, just betting in general. That Titans stretch and this Panther stretch. That's how we're going to truly like identify the 2021 season. Betting on the Titans early on. Betting against the Panthers late on in the season. I mean, that's that's the overall betting story for the 2021 season, folks. But we're going to go uh, Titans minus 10 here, swallowing all those points there. Go get it done. This Titans defense doesn't give up any points here. And uh, they're just playing loosey-goosey fun football, uh, shoring everything up for their playoff uh, buy that they'll get with the win. We'll swallow 10 here with the Titans. So our two locks, Bucks minus 8 and Titans minus 10, swallowing a ton of points last week. May not seem like the right thing to do, but in these matchups here, I love the value. Alrighty, now let's shift gears to our 99% guarantee. Still feeling very confident about these picks, but you know, you know, final week of the year, a little bit of uh, maybe one thing potentially goes wrong that uh, hurts the bet and all that. So here we go. Three 99% guarantees. The first one, we are going to swallow another big spread here. We're going to go Chiefs minus 10.5. Now, why we feel so confident swallowing all these points here is because the Chiefs are coming off of a loss here. Still have a chance to get the number one seed if they win and the Titans lose. Chiefs starting off week 18 with the 430 game on Saturday. So they set the tempo. It's not like the Chiefs play after the Titans where if the Titans win, the Chiefs have nothing to play for. So Chiefs have to go ball to the wall here to try to get that number one seed, but to also just kind of prove that they can win coming off what this is uh, two straight losses here by the Chiefs, no? Um, let me double check on that, but yeah, two straight losses here with this Chiefs, no, no, just the one, okay, who, who they beat uh, right before the Bengals? They beat the Steelers. All right. Okay. Yeah. So one game losing streak, but you know, losing against that Bengals team, they were good offensively in the first half and then only put up three points for the remainder of the game. So Chiefs want to prove that they can go the entire game offensively for themselves heading into the playoffs. The defense a little kind of exposed last week, but this Broncos team has nothing resembling the offense of the Bengals. They don't, uh, they're not playing Teddy Bridgewater. They're going with Drew Locke. So we know Drew Locke is 50. 50 yeah he makes one good throw but then one bad throw so I mean he'll have one interception for every touchdown he does throw so if he does throw one at all 
So this Chiefs defense can lock up Drew Locke. And then it's just, once again, we're he we're hearing from Melvin Gordon. And Melvin Gordon, you know, once again, it's just it's just always underwhelming with Melvin Gordon. And Melvin Gordon even says it right here. Quote, you sit back and get frustrated because we're so much better than what our record shows. And that's what we hear from Melvin Gordon all the time. Melvin Gordon is so great, but he underperforms every single season. And it's so frustrating for Melvin Gordon. I mean, they are, I, I'm, I've been over Melvin Gordon. We didn't even want him here this year. Uh, but we We've been over Melvin Gordon. There's always excuses, always underwhelming, always coming up short. All this, all this, all this. Uh, back to the quote. Let's finish it up here. It's frustrating. It's frustrating as a player. I know it's frustrating as coaches, as an organization. It's frustrating. We're such a good football team. So talented across the board. It's ridiculous for us to be sitting here and not having a chance for the playoffs. All that work you put into the offseason, it's tough to say the least. So Melvin Gordon, you know, kind of giving up already like Melvin Gordon does does, always underperforming, Drew Locke, nothing great. Now, the Broncos defense may be solid, Vic Vangio may be coaching for his kind of career here, his life here, but overall, it's Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes knowing that they must get right for the playoffs, and you get right by having a flawless Week 18 performance here. We'll swallow the 10 here for the Chiefs. Alrighty, next pick in our 99% guarantees, we're going to go the Steelers, folks. And I know, I can't believe I'm betting on the Steelers here, but I'm betting the value. I'm betting the number here a little bit more than the team. And did this game get taken off? What the hell just happened to the Steelers game? Oh no, big breaking news? Because they took the game off. You can't bet the game. So what happened? Any big news that move, that is going to move the lines? Tyler Huntley starting against the Steelers. Is that why? We knew he was. Uh, we knew he was going to start, right? So, Steelers plus four is what the value was before Tyler Huntley was officially announced. We were going to take the Steelers plus four points. Now they have officially taken it off here. Lamar Jackson officially out. This is coming out about eight minutes ago, folks. Man. Man. All righty, so... I guess we're not going to get Steelers plus four anymore. It seemed like Vegas was kind of uh, putting the spread, assuming that Lamar Jackson was going to be able to go, but he is a no-go for this week, folks. Damn, damn. So I don't know what we're going to do here. Um, this, the new updated line has not come out, and I'm not, not going to take it if it's anything less than Steelers plus four. Uh, Steelers, Ravens, division rivals, all that. Steelers on the road. This Ravens defense, passing-wise, has been trash. So maybe, uh, you know, Big Ben, the last meeting, threw for about 240 yards. It's It was probably his best game, honestly. Uh, so I don't know what the spread's going to be. So, all righty, we're going to have to move off of this one, see what the new value is. We'll come at you tomorrow and see if we are still feeling good of taking the Steelers. Uh, Big Ben's last game, I'm going to bet on the story. And I know I told you all to kind of not bet the story last week, Big Ben's last home game. Fool's on us. I got it done. So Steelers, Ravens, always a close game. Steelers won their first meeting a couple weeks ago. Um and if they did lose, it would have only lost by two because of that two-point conversion. Oh, excuse me. It would have only lost by one because of the two-point conversion. So uh, you covered it anyway if we still got four there. So, man, oh, man. We'll see what this new spread's going to come down to. Steelers plus four, though, is great value. If you locked it in, once again, lock in that value whenever you can. We didn't. We were going to lock it in here right after the show. Damn, damn, damn. Damn, damn, damn. 
Alrighty, so now let's go to our last 99% guarantees. We're only going to have two so far. We'll see if we update it back to three tomorrow. Uh, but our next 99% guarantees, we are going to go the Raiders plus three. We lost a half a point of value, not locking it in last night. Unfortunate here, but I'm just betting the I'm just betting the plus three here. Raiders, Chargers, winner gets into the playoffs here. Raiders at home, and now they're having, I think, the Madden family kind of light the torch in the stadium before the game. So we've got the Madden thing. We've got Derek Carr catching fire. We get Raiders at home. We get Chargers with Brandon. Staley I mean big game here how do they re really react in big games it's really kind of up and down nothing secure nothing consistent here with this Chargers team I get plus three I'm just taking the plus three I'm taking the points on two teams that winner gets in and I'm taking the home team with the points that's really all it's coming down to here Final game of the year, last game of the year, Sunday night football, playoffs on the line, both teams, I'm just taking the points. Give me the points. Um, Raiders, you know how we felt about them all season. We like Rich Bisaccia. We know Derek Carr can get it done. They just haven't. They did last week. Big credit there. Chargers, once again, Justin Herbert's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And, uh, you know, kind of 50-50, whatever they are, 9-7 and seven so far this season. So I'm taking the points here. With the home team who has a chance to win the uh, win and into the playoffs, Raiders plus three. I'm just taking the points, folks. That's really all it is. Home team with points, final week of the year. I can't pass that up. I am living and dying by the Raiders this week, just because they are at home with a chance to make the playoffs. Give me the three with the Raiders there. So our two 99% guarantees. We're going Chiefs minus ten and a half. Raiders plus three. Alrighty, now our bonus betting section of the week, folks. We are betting on two coaches this week. Nothing to play for besides potentially spoilers a little bit, a little spoilers, but I am betting on two coaches this week. And why are we betting on two coaches this week? Because this is why you hired these two coaches. That is the only reason why you hired these two coaches this offseason. It wasn't, though, that they've proven their Super Bowl winning coaches, great head coaches that are are looking for a new team, a new change of scenery, anything like that. No, you hire these two specific coaches for the energy that they bring to the team. These are head coaches that bring the energy, will never let you take a playoff, and these two teams with nothing to play for, you should not be letting them kind of take the week off. These two coaches will make it seem like this is week one of the regular season. Let's end it with the bang. Let's end it. Let's carry the momentum. He will not let, these two coaches will not let any of these players or teams slack off this week. And if they do, then you made the wrong hire and we should not be rocking with these coaches come next year. This is why you hire them, to get the best and the most out of every single player every single week, regardless of whether they have a chance to make the playoffs or not. Meaningless game, meaningful game, it doesn't matter. These two coaches are what you hired for. Are y'all ready? Here we go. First team and coach we're betting on this week is the Lions at home. Lions plus three and a half points, folks. Dan Campbell, super impressive this season. I didn't give him that much credit heading into the season, but this Lions team, always really competitive. Obviously, they haven't been in the playoff picture since week one, obviously, but they kept on trucking. They keep on getting it done because it's the big old great energy coach that is Dan Campbell. Now, Jared Goff is also playing this week. 
So they're going to be rocking with their starters. They're not kind of mailing it in the last week. This needs to be a nice kind of stepping stone for Dan Campbell from that from this season to next season with this final performance out here. And we get it over that kind of three field goal hook with the three and a half here at home. Packers rocking with Jordan Love this week. Already wrapped up the NFC number one seed. But Dan Campbell will fight like this is a true meaningful game. We are going to get the best out of the Lions because Dan Campbell is that type of coach. Now, next season, now we need to start to see the wins. You know, year one with these two coaches, Dan Campbell and the other coach yet to be revealed. Um, I'm sure y'all can guess it by now, but we'll we'll let y'all keep guessing. Uh, but Dan Campbell, we need to start seeing wins next season. This kind of, all right, competitive attitude, always in the game, never winning, but always in the game, always competitive. That's going to wear off and wear off quick. Year one, it's great. It's great. It's a great building block. You build the foundation. You are building a culture here in Detroit. But next year, we need to start to see that evolve. You can't just be kind of, you know, the hype man. We have to see wins. We have to see competitive wins against the best teams we have to start seeing playoff contenders at some point not not this season next season so this season we're still in the kind of yeah all right the energy the competitive phase we get three and a half here for the lines I love the value Alrighty, and then the other coach we are betting on this week, and this line has climbed a point and a half over the last hour and a half, and I can't believe it. I'll take the value. I love the value. It's even better value. But I was expecting to get the them plus 15. Now we can get them plus 16 and a half. I'm betting on Robert Sala and the Jets. This Jets team, like the Lions, have not been in playoff content, contention since like week five. Not as quite as out as the Lions were, but still not great. But Robert Sala has been kept keeping this Jets team on track, getting better almost every single week. These last couple of weeks here, scoring in the second half and scoring in the sec or scoring in the first half and scoring in the second half, almost almost putting together a complete full game of football together. That's looking solid. Last week, unfortunate, they lose against the Bucs. We're still competitive, have really been competitive over the last three, four, five weeks. They really haven't gotten blown out. Their only one blowout loss over the last five weeks was like against the Saints. Other than that, they're always covering 16 points, no problem the last five weeks. So, Robert Salad, we have seen this Jets team get better and better and better and better. We get Zach Wilson coming into his own a little bit. Braxton Barrios emerging onto the scene, and we're truly hoping we get big old Braxton Barrios this week offensively. Uh, we heard Mike LaFleur take responsibility for not getting Braxton Barrios the ball last week, so I'm sure he cleans it up this week. Jets have a chance to play spoiler against the Bills and potential uh, knocking them out of the AFC number one seed, AFC East number one seed. Bills, Patriots, uh, you know, both of those teams can still get the number one seed in the AFC East. Bills with the win, Patriots with the Bills loss and, and a win. So, Jets here, plus 16 and a half, three possessions. Robert Sala, AFC kind of division matchup here. Have a chance to play spoilers. I'm betting on Robert Sala to get this Jets team right to be competitive. Maybe they don't win. They probably don't. But being competitive is what Dan Campbell and Robert Sala preach. And if you can't be competitive in a meaningless Week 18 game, I mean, that's, that's your strong suit. So, I mean... I mean, why should we even believe in you going into next season? I don't say, I'm not saying these teams need to win these games. I'm saying they must be competitive. Lions at home, don't get obliterated by Jordan Love. 
and Jets on the road. Don't Jets on the road. Don't get obliterated by Josh Allen in this Bills team. Have some respect for yourself and your teams. Be competitive. We're betting on the coaches this week, folks. In our bonus section, Lions plus three and a half, Jets plus sixteen and a half. Alrighty, that is going to do it for us today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, we are back live tomorrow noon Eastern where we will walk through the final week 18 of the season predicting all the winners. We'll walk through the playoff matchups depending on uh, you know the, the playoff seeding due to the week 18 matchups and the outcomes and all that. Uh, this Steelers-Ravens game, it only went down half a point. Steelers plus three and a half, we are still going to take that. Steelers plus three and a half, that is our 99% guarantee. Lost a half a point of value, but overall it's over a three hook. That's fantastic. Close game overall. Division rivals, both teams, a chance to get in the playoffs if they win and a little bit of help. So we will still take the Steelers plus the points here in our official picks of, the se- of this week. So, we are out of here, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Back tomorrow, live noon Eastern. Like we said, walking through the Week 18 matchups and the playoffs. Uh, we'll talk at the NBA Daily 10. Maybe another film study just kind of getting right for this weekend. Maybe the Rams watch them. Maybe uh, hang the bet off that film. And then maybe previewing these Saturday games a little bit more because we've got Saturday football, folks, at 425 tomorrow. Alrighty, folks. Have a great one. Make some money. Legalization, mobile betting coming Saturday in New York. So we gave you some opportunities to make some money. Let's see if you take advantage of it, folks. Alrighty, have a great one.